You could turn King's Landing upside down and not find a single man with a mockingbird sewn over his heart. But that does not mean I am friendless. Hello, and welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones living card game podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brad Zeiler. These days, my co-hosts may differ, but we're generally pulling from at least some familiar core voices. Many thanks go out to Fantasy Flight Games' George R. Martin, Card Game DB, and Josh Woodward for the CC licensed music you're hearing now. This is Season 5. Speaking of friends... We have our good friend Dark Nodge on again. Say hi. Hola, biches. Wait a second. Wait. Now I'm very confused. Who says hola? I don't know. I don't know. It's that Spanish part of Canada. Don't you know anything? Uh, Yeah, isn't that what the Canadians often say? Run for the border. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a British Columbia, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Columbia with an O, Colombia. <laughs> exactly. They make some great coffee. Mm-hmm. And cocaine. That too. That too. And some my wife. The two together. Oh. CC1C does not advocate drug drug use. Uh, this is agreed. getting weird. Or <laughs> life manufacturing. We do, however, uh, advocate copious coffee usage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm Will. I'm Tommy. I think I already said hi. (laughs) I can say hi again. You didn't actually explain Uh, who you were. What do you mean, who I am? We haven't done an introduction ourselves in like four weeks running now. So, uh, things are pretty dry, so to speak, in the FFG news realm, but we have gotten a couple uh, little tidbits that I wanted to touch on. One is, I suppose, more the absence of a tidbit than anything else, and uh, we saw last week all of the, uh, the FFG games get their big organized play FAQ announcement, uh, sort of. We were listed in the announcement, but Game of Thrones uh, is also listed as previously announced in February, along with uh, a couple other games that had previous uh, announcements. So, I mean, did that surprise anybody? You feel pretty good uh, staying where we are going into regional season? So they told us to go fack ourselves? Yeah, yeah, they pretty much did. I like it. The meta's good. Yeah, I feel pretty solid about it. And, hey, here's the best part. Kyle, did you take a look at the photos in that article? No. Uh, if you scroll down, you'll see a uh, large picture of Tim Sherm uh, at Worlds wearing the shirt from your wedding. Well, that's exciting. I'm going to go check that out. Yeah. So there you go. Good way to, to advertise things. Uh, plus, I see Morgan and one of the French gentlemen that I do not recall the name of now. And... Uh, maybe shaggy dark hair, scruffy beard. 
Yeah, the one who wasn't like the semis. Right. Yeah, that's one of the best players in the world, the plant. Yeah, and um, a lady in between Tim and Morgan that I do not recognize, but uh, seems hmm. to be playing Lannister. So Ooh, I am all for that. Doing that short thing. Loving it. Loving it. Oh, so is that the news that my shirt made the FFG? I mean, that's that's half the news. It's half the news. The other half of the news is, uh, did you guys see the announcement of these Netrunner playmats they're putting out? I mean, they look pretty sweet, but I never really even remember to use a playmat as often as I thought I would. But I thought it was interesting that they're offering uh, playmats for purchase for this game. And the most interesting part, way down at the bottom... It mentions orders for products printed via FFG's in-house manufacturing may take 10 to 14 days to ship. So that basically means these are print-on-demand playmats. It just it intrigues me to see that FFG has access to do that in-house now. I mean, I'm not surprised, but like a playmat have to be the most amazing thing ever to get me to buy one. I think I have every house at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't need more playmats. I need to get rid of playmats. I'm like, yeah. half of it's just the way you earned it. Like, yeah. it's, oh, this is the top eight at Gen Con mat. This is the top blah, 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 this mat. It's very rarely about the art on it. I think the only mat I've ever, like, I just want you for what's on you is Alvaro, the Alvaro's Joust mat from, not this year, but last year, the Sitting the Iron Throne art. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. That no one will ever have. Yeah, I was like, God, why do you have to be so... Well, the nice thing is it was being such a, like, a pie-in-the-sky carrot, like, it's not something that was really attainable, so I don't mourn it as much <laughs> as I should. It's right. not like, like a top six... It's not like a, oh, I'm going top four at regionals, and it's some Banff mat, and it's like, I can't believe I can't freaking get a top four to get this. So that was the saving grace on it, but I think that's the only matter I've ever been like, I just want you for what you are, not how I got you. Hmm. Agreed. Buying playmats is relatively lame. I um when I win dupes, I just totally give them away to whoever's sitting around and doesn't have them. I think I gave away three or four of those hound bats two yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh the Wetchmacall, I gave away a million of those Cersei's from last year. I mean, and I like do it. Sweet looking though. Yeah. Yes. How many do I need? I can only play with one at a time. Right. I and I do like giving it away, and I think that's a great way to get um new players into the game, because I remember starting out, I was like, God, I just want to play that so bad. I don't want to be lame and buy one or, like, have to get a non-Thrones one, because you have to win them. And, uh, like, and you can see when I give them to people, like, they get so excited, and it's nice, because, like, I'll see people, like, some local guys who, like, I've given mats to, and, like, that was their first mat, and, like, I and I told her, like, Ryan uses a mat. She didn't have one, and I gave her one at a Missouri, and she went and made top table and melee. She calls it her lucky man. She still uses it. That makes me feel good. Because, like, I, you know, there's something positive there. Everyone wins. It does a lot better good than sitting in my dusty drawer. Totally. <laughs> I just pictured uh, Kyle's underwear drawer being covered with play mats and, like, three <laughs> pairs of underwear. <laughs> you know, using those as drawer liners is not the worst idea ever. <laughs> I didn't say that. It, it is actually a way to use some of the extras I have. I might do that. So... I don't know. I'm curious about the project as a whole to see if they sell well. Uh, you know, like the house, uh, the fancy house cards that they did that people could buy for Thrones didn't really wind up taking off like I think everyone kind of expected. So 
We'll see what happens. Those are all so clunky and hard to use. Like, they're big. Like, we have the lion and the dragon one, and mm. the dragon horns all snapped off the first time I put it in the bag. And the way they're shaped, you can only use, like, their stock power counters. And so there are some issues with them. I don't think the concept of buying some swag I get and is kind of legit. But playmats, I think, are way too... Uh, there's a lot, enough of them out there that I don't think it's the right way to go. But I don't feel like those house cards sucked because of the fact that it's buying swag. I think they sucked because I don't think they were designed to meet what people wanted out of them. One thing I could see working with the playmats, if in the future they made it such that you could take the art from any card and put it on a mat, and then there would be a huge variety of what was out there. That would and be cool. Everybody has their own pet card that they just love. And then you'd be able to, you know, say, oh, yeah, I made this one because of XYZ story. I just don't want them to do it. I think it's a really cool, like, it's a very cool community thing that, like, we make playmats sometimes, and those go out. Um, I like that FFG uses specific ones, and you have to win specific things for them. I, like, we don't have, there's not a whole lot that we play for besides, like, the very limited swag of, like, playmats and stuff that I don't want to just be like, well... I haven't won anything ever, but here's 20 bucks. <laughs> I agree that it takes something away from it. And I'm curious with, I'm with Will, I'm curious to see, I think different games do it differently. Because like, Magic gives out mats, but Magic players have no problem buying all right. kinds of stuff. It's just part of that game's culture. And I get the feeling and that the Netrunner culture is more similar to that. I do too. I get the vibe that Netrunner is kind of FFG's magic from like a player base standpoint. I feel like Thrones is a lot of old prideful dudes and I don't see them dropping coin for Mets. I mean, I know some people that do for like sheer collection's sake, but I just don't, mm, I don't see this selling well. I just don't. But tell me though, like to prove that you could sell swag, like those stone house cards, if they just sold those at like <laughs> 40, 50 a pop, I think yeah. people would buy them hands down. They, they're they really flat out cool. And like some of like the leather deck boxes, people would buy just because they're flat out cool. And it's something. So I think they could do some of the stuff they've done in the past, like as redemption things for CCG. I think some of that material would be very appealing to players. But I just don't feel like playmats is the right way to go. Because like Aaron said, outside of it and trophies, what else do you have to prove that you've accomplished something in your career? Card design. Here, Aaron, I think this week's uh, kind of banner topic was your brainchild. So you want to you wanna lay the premise on us, and then we'll get rocking? Sure. The idea is that this being the end of store championship season and about to be the beginning of regional season, we'd all pick our top deck for each house and argue and debate. Let's, let's be honest here. Knowing our show, it's just going to be argument. No debating. Probably yeah. true. Yeah. Seems most likely. I I say I highly disagree and call Will an idiot on at least four of his six houses. Right. And I mean, Kyle doesn't he, even know what they are yet. If you yeah, are, I'll put Will's over under at four and a half. If he argues Lanny Knights, we're just going to get in a fist fight. So. <laughs> that will be impressive considering the hundreds of miles between us. Can we all agree on what the best neutral faction deck is and then start from there? Oh my goodness, yeah. I didn't even rate neutral faction. Hold on. <laughs> wow, none, none of us did. I'm adding I it. Did. I'm adding it right now. 
Why do you have to write it? We're just gonna talk. Uh, because I am. Um, and let's see. Um, uh, how about? There we go. Okay, got it. What is? Uh, neutral defiance. God damn it, Will. Oh, did I take yours? No. Oh. Well, I was supposed to say long voyage and have one that we get along with. <laughs> yep. I wasn't going to say long. I was going to say Illumina Part. Oh, man. Idiot. It was my secondary. Actually, Conquest was really Alright, let's talk about this. Let's just start with the weird one. Will, why the hell is it whatever the hell it is Defiance. It's, it's really not Defiance. I was just screwing around. Honestly, I, I like Conquest. I think there's a lot of interesting possibilities there with, with TLV as my my runner-up, but I've just never quite felt that the neutral faction has gotten there uh, anytime I've tried it, even with some of that new neutral faction tech. I mean, heck, that's what I brought up to uh, to the Red Wedding tournament and wasn't really happy with the performance in the end, but that was part of the fun of experimenting with it. Yeah, I think it's TLV, preferably with some Maester tech. Yeah, I, I will say it's Aloof and Apart, because I got to play one game against a guy running it at Chicago, and I've been seeing around, I think it's hilarious. So the whole deck is, you run all the really good four-cost nobles. So Fat Bob, Stannis, Mel, Cersei, Tywin, uh, Tywin's not a noble. Um, but you know, know what I'm saying. We know which ones. Go for it. Yeah. All these like awesome boss dudes. Uh, first turn, you building season for Hollow Hill, and that's now your draw engine. And... Then you pretty much just try to bait them. You play Power of Blood and in the hands of Korok them to try and pull the Valor on plot four or five. And you got like a 33% chance or whatever. So that you'll wipe the board besides your nobles. And then the next turn play Common Cause and do three, like five claim challenges. Yeah. It's the whole deck. It's mean, <laughs> really hilarious. fun. It'll never win anything, but it's really fun. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty amusing. I, it's I like give jazz. It huge okay, props. you don't understand it till like it happens, and you're like, "Wow, wow!" Did it actually go off? I think it didn't do really well at the Octagon League or something. Not so I don't know. Much, no. Whatever. I tried. Um, he did. He got off against. We played two games. One game he got it off ter- plot five. So I'm like, "You got three shots," and he's like, "Well, I got two of them in my hand," and so I'm like, "Well, that, those are good odds." So. <laughs> Whatever. Dude. I'm like, if it's not this turn, it'll be next turn. And he just doubles it up. Bam, bam. I'm like, that's hilarious. And it's still solid without it. Like, even if you don't pull it. What if they've heard earlier? Well, if you're in a position that they're going to do it, you just drop a power of blood. And then, yeah, but once you know yeah. what the deck's doing, you're just, eh, whatever. But unless you're, like, listening to this podcast right now, you don't. You're going, what the fuck are you playing? Neutral House, Aloofing Apart. And it's funny. And then it, it gets you. Fair, I guess. Yeah. I just like that. I mean, the thought of doing some five claim challenges sounds really fun. Hmm. I just want to do that. Alright. That's all I got. Let's it's go better to... than Will. You gave some shitty ass answers. Yes. You, you, <laughs> do, you do beat Will. I mean. Well, how about we move on to real houses then and, and as, we lay some... factions? Yeah, factions aren't houses 2.0. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank no, goodness we're not there yet. You're going to tell who plays second edition versus first, because they will always be houses. Like, it's never... I will not adjust. I'm like a crotchety old man. It will never be factions. They'll just be houses and Night's Watch. 
Yeah, like Night's Watch and the Houses. I'm pretty sure I'm just going to call the Night's Watch faction card a house card. Yeah, yeah. also possible. Right. Anyways. What real house do you want to start with? Let's go alphabetical or okay. reverse alphabetical. We always do alphabetical. Let's do reverse. So we're starting with Targ? Sure. So I did best and runner-up because Will's an overachiever, and I can't let him win. Hey, normally you're the overachiever. I was just trying to live up to the precedent you set. I barely have tops. Do I really need (laughs) runner-up? No, you don't have to have it, just because we do. I think the best deck in Targ is Targ Conquest Lanny, the one I won the store championship with. But um, right nearly as good is just Targ No Agenda. Because someone by the Conclave is just bonkers. No Agenda is meant to be a Danny and Pyatpuri abuse deck, where you just run Danny, Pyatpuri, and a bunch of ways to keep them on the board and kill things. Killing things is good. Killing things is is good. It definitely is. There's something to be said for the search there. Uh, I wound up going with good old Heir to the Iron Throne for similar reasons without the, the search as my number one. Um, it gets, gets rolling very well. Very, very well, as I learned yet again in Tulsa. See, I always think that Air, uh, is a little bit overrated because it won Canadian Nationals when no one had ever seen it before. Like, since then, I don't think it's won anything bigger than, like, a tiny SC. I think it's still good. Yeah. yeah. It was my second choice, so I'm gonna have to agree that it's, you know, tier one. So what was your first choice? Uh, I had Knights of Hollow Hill Targ with Long Lances. I think that, I think that that is back, and I've seen at least the last two tournaments that I've gone to, I've seen it played and played well. Um, it beat me in the Chicago final. Um, it's it's always been a really strong deck, and the, the Lannister being so prevalent, getting that extra stand is enormous, and being able to play around the aftermath so easily, it's just, I don't know, it's well-balanced. So what what does that run for slots? Uh, pretty much just good stuff. It, <laughs> it, it wasn't like cities or, you know, any standard package. It was, um, I'm trying to remember the exact plots. I think both plot decks were different um, and the two good ones that I saw, but you had, let's see... Aftermath, King's Landing Coup, um... First Snow? I don't know if First Snow was in there or not. I'm pretty sure Rule by Decree, um... Threat. Yeah. What does it do to handle, uh, Harrenhal? Because I played it a lot, and I'd win most of my games, but any time an opponent got Harrenhal by, like, turn two, I was just sad and alone. I tend to agree with you on that. The thing is, is that I don't know if you guys have noticed, but most of the good players have stopped playing Harrenhal. Yeah. I just managed to run into it at inopportune times. I think I it's still worth a one of in a lot of decks, but yeah, but it's not, not by any means the three X in every deck like it was for a while. Right. I don't know. We were testing uh, Knights of the Hollow Hill down here a little bit uh, earlier, and it it just didn't seem like it could keep pace with uh, kind of the early pressure from some of the Alufna part builds. How have you been seeing it handle that sort of thing? Well, I, the time that I lost in the final, I was playing the Aloof and Apart Lannister deck, and, I mean, I put all kinds of pressure out the gate, and they just kind of weather the storm and stabilize. I mean, 
being able to wait for your your chance either to you know pop uh, young Griff out and swing board state or play your aftermath and whittle down the characters or valor and have your mad king out there it's it, you're definitely living on the edge that's the you, you have to, on the edge totally you're you have to feel comfortable being down but if you are patient i think you can you know wait for your moment and seize control and i think that's what that's all about i think it has i like it like it's my favorite deck in the game like ever so I like it a lot. I just I either hit a Heron Hall or I hit Greyjoy with way too much cancel, and then I just spend the rest of the day sad. The whole day, not just the tournament. The whole day. Yep, I even drink <laughs> sad. Wow. Normally that picks you back up. Nope not not when I play at Hollow Hill and I play a bunch of Greyjoy. Ouch. It's sad. Well, what about you then, Kyle? What would you throw out there? Uh, Dothraki. I don't beat them, so obviously there's a hidden magic there that I don't understand. I don't think Until I've ever lost to them. I the mystery it... is solved. I went ahead and popped them up into the second spot. I don't think that's a lot of answers besides I'm going to mindlessly shove an infinite amount of strength at your face. And then I just don't seem to ever take that into account when deck building. <laughs> I don't know. That, like, all the take into account it really needs is, like, aftermath and then the same basic stuff you're using to play against Stark. Oh. You know, yeah, you would think. I mean, and they did just get some new tools that seem solid, if not, you know, crazy impressive. So that could that could push them up again a little bit. Sure. I mean, that deadly on-demand entry icon seems great, and somebody's uh, gonna dream up some really fun stuff with Ago, I'm sure. Yeah, just like aftermath and an Iron Throne should not be able to lose you a game alone. Interesting that you've mentioned the Iron Throne, or, well, Iron Throne and Heron Hall, I guess. Lots of cancel. Still still seems to be the deciding factor in a lot of things. I mean, especially for Targ, because everything is triggered in Targ, right? Like, they don't just do things. Hey, Targ loves that Heron Hall. They got all kinds of worthless chuds to Heron Hall. Um, I don't run Heron Hall in any Targ decks. Well, you should. Anyway. I mean, maybe Dothraki, but beyond that... Exactly, that's Dothraki what I'm might. saying. I think it's alright. That's all the control they need. It's like two, maybe three even. Putting on the meta and what you're worried about. And say, like, I'm going to Iron Throne your Jogo. No, you're not. And it's over. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that I like about the deck that Aaron mentioned, is being able to have your own Iron Thrones. You, you know, if you're playing against Lannister, obviously shutting those off, but then also... If you're playing against another Targ deck, being able to lock them down. Iron Throne's a good card. I don't know if you heard. I did. Nope. Never heard that. I've been trying to do something with a neutral Iron Throne like crazy lately. Good luck with that. Yeah, it doesn't work. The concept is sound. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever you say, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, well, Targ was fun. Yeah, does that send us on to our next backwards alphabetical house? Yeah, hey, moving on up. Why am I in such a musical mood tonight? <laughs> the birds singing. I, yeah. I keep wanting to go, I want to rock right now, I want to, I want to rock right now. It's like over and over again. Those two lines are just locked into my brain, and it's killing me. So, okay, Stark? Definitely Stark. Sorry. 
last time to talk about my feelings on this podcast. <laughs> the game of feelings. Feelings. So, Stark No Agenda Winter? I know it's not original, but it's totally Stark No Agenda Winter. Mira? Uh, like hell it is. <laughs> are you going to argue for Here we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am. Uh, go ahead. Make your Our argument. deck is better. It's got better draw... It's got better dudes. It's got more versatility and flexibility. Both get Mira. I see Mira eight times out of ten, and I don't have to waste any of my plot slots having to go get her. She does just as much plot slot. And I'm doing something that impacts the board state instead of hunting to eliminate some variants. I mean, okay, but you want Mira to be useful forever, right? So you, I do. You get. I also need no more draw. There is not one draw card in there. Everything I do positively affects the board state in my favor. Every single card I play. I don't have to waste anything on card advantage. I don't have to waste slots on things like that. Like, I just, I, I honest to God really do think my Dark Wings deck is better than No Agenda Winner. You know what makes No Agenda Winner better? If nothing what? else, three no quarter. I would trade literally every plot in your deck except no quarter <laughs> for no quarter. Oh, and by the way, you can trade his plots for no quarter. Everything for no quarter. Weird. I will run I no plots and no quarter. Is. Well, you need some unique start, unique characters for those new co- no quarters. I said every event. I thought oh. you said plot. Oh, I totally meant event. Sorry. Um, and also, Mira just got better because you can have time for wolves for ghosts or yeah. a bird if you need it. I get, yeah, I never struggled with having to trigger her back. I've never had an issue with it. Whether it be a refugee going away, or Claim, or Condon, or Heron Hall, getting her back has never been an issue. And you're not playing good enough players. I've built entire turns around keeping her out. And that's fine, but sometimes, like, you've, I'll, I have canceled my own, I've Heron Halled my own street to be like, you know what, this is the way we're gonna play it. Yeah, but if you're canceling your own street, we're back in marshalling, and I've already messed up. It's it's a possibility. I've used Trotter out to choke someone out. I'll blank their locations. Hell yeah, I will. But it's alright. Point is, this is just a point, is I feel like getting my draw engine taken care of, taken care of without having to dedicate any cards directly to it is fine. And the game is big enough that the drawback is nothing. Like I can find 20 high quality events, and I still get one, so I got two no quarters to make up for. Uh, I've got Die by the Sword, and you've got, um, Shoot, what is it? Breaching the wall? What's one where you kill dudes that are higher strike? Uh, Breaching the wall, but Breaching. both are significantly yeah. worse. And I don't know. And, there are a lot of times and, having the die by the sword is easier to get off than the no quarter is. Yeah, but you're running a significantly worse, worse character base if that's the case. No, I just have a lot of Warcrest, and they see it coming with the, on the unique. Like, oh, I'm just, like, I got my, like, do you know how boss against, like, Laney Neal, um, Riders of the Red Fork is? It's like, I'm immune to all your events. Doesn't yeah. that suck? No agenda runs right as the Red Fork too. Thing, they don't have, you know, character abilities or anything. Those I can cancel much easier. I don't know. I think I just I like. There's definitely something to be said for that draw, but I like the the no agenda better uh, because it. I think it finds the specific answers to these situations better. It toolbox is better, and it's got more redundancy in its options versus, you know, there's. A lot of options in Dark Wings, Dark Words, but they're not all at the same level of efficiency. 
I feel good about every event in there. And I feel like out of any house right now, you can come up with 20 events. I mean, most of them go in any house that you are very rarely, if ever, going to feel bad about seeing. The lack of consistency is the problem for me. I, just, I chose no agenda as well. Good. I chose no agenda as well, and it's just for the same reasons. You want to see three no quarters. You want to see. Why don't you want that? I just think that like the Stark no agenda between the new Wolf plot, between summons, between Mira, um, and Lewin eliminates variance. Yeah, than basically any day. Yep. The they get the Absolutely. exact answer they need so easily now. Really, I don't know. Really frustratingly. <laughs> I I would take I would if I could even pick the house to play against it, it would be my Darkwing's deck. I would take it heads on onto a no agenda and I would feel phenomenal about my chances. So we tested that an awful lot. Like when that no agenda deck was very first built, like it first showed up in Spain around Canadian Nationals last year. It almost ended up being the Gen Con deck. But um and it should have been. We didn't think the Bran Rivers thing through because we're idiots. Um, but that whole deck, like, beat the uh, GTL version of Stark really, really handily. But that's because it had to run so damn many locations because it had such high variance. And, like, if you don't see those locations, you're just dead meat. Um, it does not beat the, like, regular, just, like, frozen bitch slash good stuff version of Stark No Agenda with any regularity. I mean, it's 50-50-ish. It's not, like, a huge tilt one way or the other. It's not like we played tons of those games because we expected everyone at Gen Con to be playing No Agenda. I don't think it's as good. I just don't. Fair enough. I mean, you played the crap out of the Dark Wings, so. I did, do. If you did think it was good. Anyone have a second place for Stark? I do. Uh, and it's actually. I swear to God, Will. What? <laughs> Go ahead. Just say I, it. I was just going to say it's actually a deck near and dear to another host. And I put Siege in my second slot. It's it's one of those decks that I think is is always kind of a favorite, but a little meta-dependent. De- when the meta hits the right spot, Siege gets crazy. Then people yep. kind of try to tech against it. It brings it back down. But I, I do kind of have a soft spot for those decks that when they're hot, they are really hot. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And no offense, Kyle, it beats the pants off your deck. So bad. Boo. Siege is my Let's second, see. too. You all suck. All of you suck. I actually I didn't write number. Siege as my second. Oh, what did you? Knights. Really? The, the ah, new Tully Knights, America. I think, is really good right now. The if Tony. you haven't sat and played with Vyman, then you're missing out, because that dude's awesome. That Tully Knight shits out so many cards. Yep, it really does. It's unreal. I'll have to check that out. I haven't seen anybody down here fiddling with that yet. So De- Derek Shoemaker. It's good, and it's fun. Is it better than the Aloof and Apart Tullies? You think Knights is the better of the two agendas for that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd or rather the, draw. The draw the Econ? I mean, the really expensive Tullies aren't that good anyway. Like, you can run them, but they're medium yeah, efficient. I mean, they're all like six, seven gold. Like, even with Aloof and Apart, they're still too damn expensive. I mean, yeah. unless it's Edmure's host. Yeah. He's probably going to be free after the first turn. I think I had... Those were 61 and 62... Ah. And those hosts, they just missed, and I didn't miss them at all. Because I still had the Blackwood Elite, and I still had the Flank. And that's enough beef for anybody. It turns out it only took like seven years for Family Duty Honor to get good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For 2.0, maybe FFGL actually support their themes. Who knows? Aww. 
Family Duty Otter in the corset. Calling it now. Aww. Hope so. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> uh, but it's really good. Like, really good right now. I've seen people get four or five cards. It's like a mini negotiations. Well, and you have that, and you also have the the new hoster, so... Yeah. And you run... And you run riders just for that extra, and that's like the best deck for that Warcrest deck. You got it. That was the event package that I was playing with it. You know, you have three no quarters, three die by the swords, and two price of wars. Deal with it. I think I'd rather go two and three price of war, but yeah, can't argue. Mostly because Greyjoy is bad. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, does that send us on to the next house? We all were in you such agreement suck. on the we're not. both the primary and secondary. <laughs> Every, no, I mean, we weren't. But Kyle, who's very angry that no one likes his Darkwing's deck. It's okay, Kyle. No, it's not. I had Siege's number two. Now it's not. Now it's the white book. <laughs> <laughs> had Credibility plummeting. Fuck a holiday. <laughs> all right. Reverse alphabetical order. Next. Uh, Martell then, right? Yep. I have a feeling this is going to be our other big agreement one. Uh, very possibly. I've got no agenda in my primary spot. With Venomous, yep. Yeah. Me too. Nope. Did you say nope? I did, I did say nope. <laughs> so what's the best? Darkwing suck words? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go and say fresh off the boat, HOD Doran Solar is the best build in Martell. I want to hear you two talk about this, because then I have to make fun of you for both telling me that Doran Solar was a bad card last <laughs> week. Uh, <laughs> I waffled. I waffled. It, you it gave was, it a C it and insisted this is a bad card. And, and aloof and, uh, and apart. I have a lot of fun with the aloof deck, but I am at least willing to acknowledge that uh, a lot of people have a pretty good feeling about the Solar, and, you know, it... it I think allows for some similar builds to the Bloodthirst stuff without using up that restricted slot, which is valuable. I mean, Tommy, your turn for me to mock you. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I mean, you and I have been talking about it all week and how playing it out of HOD, there's there's options there. It's just who's going to find it first. Uh, Alex Drake just came in second in, uh, I'm pretty sure, in Madrid using Doran Solar. So... That's a thing, and he only lost to Alvaro, and, like, losing to Alvaro, if that's the only loss, that's the same as winning. Yeah, I think you're doing good. <laughs> you, you, you win anywhere else in the world, congrats. And he was undefeated to that point, so, like, it's a good card. It was I underrated it with my, like, B, and you guys suck for giving it a C. That's all I have to say. I wasn't on that podcast. <laughs> no, me and... What are you Will talking about? Kyle was here. Kyle was definitely on the podcast. I, how did I... Feel about it. Calling, <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> calling it a oh, bad card before I even read it, and I'm like, "Holy shit, you guys are crazy!" Like, hey, here's yeah. a rule: if the card doesn't require all sorts of crazy bullshit and it draws you cards, it's probably good. Yeah. Now that I'm off the Vicodin, I <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> like, if it draws you cards and it doesn't have something crazy about it, it's probably solid at worst. I had a, I had to. Uh, Rate it poorly on uh, Beyond the Wall because Alex says something about Dark Naj always hates good cards or something. And I was like, but I actually like this. Like, let me talk about it. It's. And I was kind of hoping maybe over here that ulterior me would like it, but nope. I'm running uh, two of it in Quentin, and whenever I see it, I'm happy. Like, it's such a good. Quentin doesn't draw that many cards until it gets Quentin as the agenda. Like, it's got that little burst draw, and then after that, 
it's like, oh, hey, I'll take uh, whenever I lose an intrigue, draw it, standing something, drawing a card, and then draw capping with those two. You don't see economy problems in Quentin? Like, you have the three gold to throw around for that? I'm running, uh, like all good and pure people, I'm running Gaston Graham on Quentin, so I have to run <laughs> way too much gold anyway. Good and pure people. It's an interesting way to phrase that. Uh, Gaston Grayliness is next to godliness. <laughs> uh, quote of the week right there. It's true. So, yeah, but since I'm running Gaston, like, I have to have all that extra gold for all the nobles and such. So, since I have to have all that extra gold, that three gold is annoying. But, A, the zero-cost location will cheapen it. So, not the end of the world. And, B, like, draw-capping every time I lose one challenge is not a bad idea. Yeah, by the way, um, the blade is clearly the best. The, like, no agenda blade is clearly the best Quentin deck. Well, we're having all in agreement about I, that. I was going to say, I'm, I'm on board with that. I mean, it won... It won stupid Spain tournament with, like, the best meta in the world. It won Gen Con. It, like, no one played it at Worlds for whatever reason, but the deck is stupidly good. It's stupidly consistent, and there's nothing broken about it, so there's nothing to even really take away. Yeah, it's it's just I played it at Worlds that year, damn it. You played it at Gen Con, didn't you? I played it at both. Oh, really? I I just into that well twice. (laughs) I missed the cup by one game. First, I played Will as some asshole and lost. Yeah, yeah, I think it was me. Because your deck I was actually pretty worried about, or at least Quentin in general. You know, it has a lot of knights available to it. It's just so consistent. Mm-hmm. It's another, it's another variance killer. So I'm going to buy the Conclave on a no-agenda deck. When you have specific parts you're looking for, is just phenomenal. Yeah. And if, if you can draw further. It's not as good at killing variants as the Stark deck, but it's really good at it. Martella doesn't actually have bad cards anymore, except Sand Snakes. <laughs> so many Sand Snakes. Not all of them. Not all of them, though. Did anyone have a different second Martella deck? Because I did. What do you got? Uh, my second would be... Uh, uh, I'm trying. No, I got nothing. I had a Lufin Apart for a second for me. Yeah, me too. I think it's yeah. the best Lufin Apart deck. I was on the fence about it, like I said. It's a, it's a fun deck. My real concern about that deck is... um. I've been playing like I'm off this week, so instead of grading or being a good adult in any way, shape, or form, I've just been playing like a million games on Octagon a day. Oh, and that's why you were killing time on Octagon. Yeah, oh, like, fucking, I've played a million games in the past three days. Uh, but. That's 100,000 a day. Yeah, that's pretty much what I'm playing. Uh, this Aloof and Apart deck is great, but it really does need a uh, summer to make it work right. To smooth out the variance, to smooth out the goal curve, and everything else. And there's a lot, a lot of winter in the meta suddenly. Like, winter seems to be everywhere. Opposite of the real world. How odd. All uh, all winter it was summer in Thrones, all summer it's winter. It's obviously a southern hemisphere country. (laughs) That explains a lot. But yeah, um, if it's like a good winter build, just gives it frickin' nightmares. Like, all of a sudden it's really hard to pay for those Bannermen again. Oh, man. And if it's no agenda, then you're not getting your Lady Nims Guard for cheap, and so on and so forth. It's a pain in the ass. So I think it's the best for another week or two until something else comes around, comes along. Or the Solar Pixel. Solar! Loving it. So Also, also oh, can we talk oh. about just how prevalent Sam is? Holy shit. Well, Stupid yeah. I mean, and, um... <laughs> why, why would he not be? There's more Ravens available than there ever have been. They're easier to Who get cares? out of your deck than they ever have been. I blah, mean, blah, blah, blah. 
you can hate it if you want, but, like, I've lost games just to people running, like, a bunch of good cards and then letting nine slots go to Sam, or 11 slots go to Sam and a bunch of Ravens, and just being like, mm, I draw a bunch of cards, and then I play yeah. the good ones, and I win. I just save a Raven per turn, and there we go. Exactly. And it turns... Oh, go ahead. I go just ahead. add 11 good cards to my deck and run it as an agenda and have all my cards be good instead of shitty birds. Yeah. Like, that's see, another route I could go. The but the birds is, are still, like, one-drops with stealth and or, and or applicable abilities in the meta. I don't know. Well, and The I carrying think that, bird is good. That is the only bird that's good. You're wrong, but that's so easily clear. The frickin' other like bird character. is fantastic. When as, hits as, the a board? Character, as a character, it's still good. Stealth, yeah, it's, on, stealth on a power is really nice, especially later in the game. I mean, stealth on any one drop, like, character with an icon, I think is fine. Because you're getting so much more out of that in challenges than you put into it gold-wise. I think we're going to keep seeing Sam for a little bit longer. And, I mean, he is super prevalent right now. But once he starts getting eaten by Time for Wolves, <laughs> well, it's going to go down... Real fast. I mean, and Blades. Time, time for Wolves and Blades are like the only answers, though. But you don't think there's going to be a lot of that? Oh, I do. But then everyone on Earth is playing Stark or Martell. And I expect a lot of that and a lot of Lannister. At Lannister City season. of Shadows. There you go. Yeah, Lannister doesn't actually stop it. Like, at Iron, you Iron Throne it, he kneels. I'm like, well, I've got 11 other birds. No big deal. Oh, I'm not worried about Lannister. In, they're just going to stay up. They're going to draw a cap with it. You know, yeah. the card advantage doesn't hurt them as much. I don't love it because when everyone's draw capping, I feel like variance plays an even bigger role. Really? The like, draw capping should minimize the variance. Though. I know. I feel like I I know that in my head. But when everyone's drawing a million cards, it's just like like those kind of crappy answer cards that like you probably shouldn't run in a real deck go up a lot in value. Yeah, because you're gonna see everything. That's understandable. It's just, it's, that annoys me. It's like. You're you're building an inefficient, shitty deck, but you've got Sam, so it's fine. So it rewards more toolboxing. Yeah. Sideboarding within the deck, if you will. Yeah, exactly. And that always... You already wasted a bajillion slots to birds. Birds! You think they're wasted, but, like, hop on Octacon. They're not. Nah. Nah. Good answer. (laughs) Well, and that's another thing, too, is that the birds and their stealth is not so intimidating to Lannister because they still have Harry the Riverlands, so... Yeah. And a lot of stealth. Well, I think Lannister's the best house, so... Like well, and that's why I'm saying that in the decks that are going to have the, the hard answers for Sam on command, that's going to be the popular medicals for regionals, at least in the beginning, in my opinion. Makes sense. Or houses that have better draw answers, like Lannister... They don't have to resort to things like but that's really a slot going to birds. But that's really just Lannister. No one else has a better draw engine than Sam right now. I don't know. I think Dark Wings decks uh, do a pretty good job. Oh, not here we go Lannister. again. <laughs> well, I'm about, well, we're about to talk about the only... Like, talk about a lot of decks that don't need Sam. I, I don't think Dark Wings decks don't need Sam. I think Dark Wings decks, like, the very best to actually go all the way, need draw that's not their events. Well, what about this Knight's Tele deck? Does it run Sam? No, but it runs no. other draw. Like, it runs shit tons of other draw. You you have Vimin from turn one. Yeah, you're drawing. You have Vimin, you have, um, whatchamacallit in addition. Um, yeah, like I said, you have the houses and all the decks we're talking about. Very few, if any of them, I think, have heard us say that the birds are their draw engine. Name one deck that we said is the top deck in its house 
that uses the birds as a draw engine. Oh, I agree with that entirely. Yeah. I don't disagree. I just think that the birds and as a draw engine make a lot of other things really good. Sure. But let's not understate how boss I just was. I mean, this was a good moment for me. (laughs) Well, yeah, and to follow up on what you're saying there, Kyle, I don't think that any of the top five decks are using Salmon Birds as their engine. They're not. Any of the five decks that you would consider showing up to a legitimate regional tomorrow, are you playing Birds and Sam? I sure as hell am not. I might be, but I'm probably not. I'm I'm probably playing the the Targ Conquest Lanny, just because I like it an awful lot. Well, in... You're drawn like you crazy. Draw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like Star Conquest Lanny? Not not that we should go back to it, but whatever. Star Conquest Lanny is freaking awesome. I could see it. I mean, you run the task and you're just like, oh, I didn't find my draw. Well, I'll just take Amander. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think just about any house can do the Conquest Lannister thing right now, though. Yeah. I think it's best in Targ and uh, Stark, though, because they're the ones that. Well, I guess Barrow. Yeah, that's where I was Bears looking at some stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk Lanny since we're gonna just talking <laughs> about we Lanny. We basically all day were. <laughs> all right. What do you put in number one then? Uh, Kyle, guess what? What? Dark wings, dark words. Thank <laughs> you. Thank uh, you. I put it in my second slot. It's my runner-up. As you often do, Will. Indeed. I like No Agenda and Hod Mander both better. I don't like Hod Mander. Like I like it, but I don't. Really like it. Not getting that. No damn. Well, no, you get you basically get the draw with HOD Mander. What amounts to a, usually a card you could play turn two. So you're starting a whole turn behind, like the ideal here. But uh, like a mini, like cities are twenty five cards for a one turn delay on a TLV setup. Yeah, but <laughs> no, twenty five. Jesus, I'm not running twenty five draw cards. But um, <laughs> I mean, like instead of eighty five, like you set your deck. A significant number to... Yeah, I get that. It's just... Well, A, Rally Cry is suddenly everywhere. Like, Rally Cry and Winter are going to be the new big things, I think. Well, that's, I still think Rally Cry is a gamble, but... Yeah, but it's not a gamble, because if you're drawing a lot, like, if you're drawing at least a reasonable amount, like, if you're getting an extra card a turn, or an extra two cards every other turn, which you've averaged out for a turn, you're, um, functionally, like, even if you hit yourself, you're hitting, like, a little gold road or something. Like, it's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. If you're not, like, it'll never be played out of Yeah, but then you've also still blown the plot slot, so, I don't know. Uh, I'm with Will. I don't want to run a plot that is a coin flip on doing nothing to my opponent and possibly hurting myself. I love the idea of Rally Cry, and I've been tempted to use it a lot of times, but that logic is what has kept me from doing it every single time. There are enough good plots these days that you can just run things that you know are going to be good. Like, since we are talking about Lannister, like, give me a time for you to have a rally cry like Cersei's schemes. Yeah, oh, it's completely not in, in Lannister. It's not even an option in Lannister. Lannister <laughs> draws more than everybody else. But oh, yeah. In, but in Greyjoy, Barrow, or Stark, it's worth a look. Yeah, maybe. If, um, the, there's two I, options. You can either try and draw with everybody, or you can try and deny cards, right? I feel like Stark's plots are really full right now, too. Um, and, and historically, just, how well of the draw de- the card denial decks really done? Gee, how's Kings of Winter been in historically? Not it's been a while. It's yeah. I mean, it's it's always kind of one of those ones that's kind of there. 
But when was the last time that it was actually out really winning the tournaments? Okay, well, how was uh, the Stark No Agenda, specifically the Grand Theft Location, which was pure card denial? That one was better. We saw... Yeah. We, and we saw a little bit of, of that with some Barra, uh, sales for a little while too, but, I mean, historically over the life of the game, the draw has proven to be the, the more sure. consistent option. Draw is better, but it's not the only option. Like, the, um, the Martel Lufin Apart that I loved so much was functionally a hand destruction deck more than anything else. Well, it was, but it, it also comes along with, like, a pretty solid card advantage package of its own. Right, but there's no deck that just draws, right? Like that, there's, or at least since Bloodthirst, there's sure, not really yeah. a deck that Nothing, nothing's hundred percent one just, or the other. But like, if you can deny cards and get yourself cards, you're probably going to win the game. Yeah, well, I mean, welcome to the general tenant of control decks, right? But like, that's what King, I mean. Maybe Kings of Winter needs to come back because that random discard plus the um, every intrigue challenge being two claim from uh from the Winter King's Road is a huge I won't swing. lie. I've thought about it. Yeah? That's one that I have peddled with lately. Yeah, I've been messing with it. it maybe coming maybe coming back later in this podcast. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I that's pretty far it. afield from Lannister though. We're not we're not really talking about running Lannister Kings of Winter, are we? No, a friend uh, that was probably a thing once for like a little bit. It it actually I was. was. It. <laughs> I I remember that. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a while. Did not again? Um if you have more cards, you just waste an agenda slot. But whatever. Let's talk about Lanny Dark Wings because we never actually did. I mean, we, so good. we said it's good. It's it's in my number two slot. I I like that it offers a lot of uh, draw capabilities, and I would say th- this is why it, I put it in the number two slot. It doesn't really free up any of the other slots in your deck away from cards that would normally be dedicated to draw, oh, since you need the bigger deck slot deck anyway. I, I run, like, four draw cards in it, besides, like, the ones you're running anyway, just because they're good, like Janos. Here, here's the problem for me. Um, by your same logic that you use in the Stark decks, I want my redundancy of my ridiculous events. I want three Harry the Riverlands, and I want to see multiple Harry the Riverlands every single game. See, but Harry, like, even more than Kill, there's other events that do, like, l- almost literally exactly the same thing. You're not it's, wrong. Lanny gets the closest to replicating that same efficiency. Like, yeah. secret, secret Orders is fucking stupid, especially if you're running cities. You're not wrong, but the thing that makes Lannister so good right now is that you always have that constant threat of Harry of the Riverlands, plus you have your Castellan out there, and you have Enemy Informer. Your redundancy is what makes the deck great. Right, but I get that, but the... Dark Wings, the current Dark Wings, are running Castellan and Three Enemy Informer. Yeah. So, like, all you're missing is Harry, and instead of Harry, you have literally Distraction and Secret Orders, and um, you're also divided out into a 75-card deck. And it depends on how many birds are on the board. I mean, you can only kneel one carrion bird with a Distraction. True. I mean, (sighs) it's an issue. (laughs) It's just not a huge issue. And I will say that Lenny, by far and away, I think, has the deepest event package. The number of all-star events that you want to run or certainly happy with running is much deeper than I think any other house. And I think down. it's also worth noting that aren't restricted. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. and Martel yeah. are close. Yeah, if Martel so, didn't yeah. have that, you know, cross. You could actually play. Lannister has two other really good things for it in Darkwings that I like. It's got burst draw, which Lannister's always had trouble with. Like, Lannister gets draw, but unless you're using... um. Whatchamacallit, the 
uh, location. Uh, sorry, attachment. Help. Oh, oh pirate cash. cash. Yeah, unless using the cash, there's not really burst draw. You get your like one or one card a turn, but until you see that second, like you're wait. There's a waiting game involved in most games before you're really hitting like. You'd be surprised. HOD Mander is drawing two cards almost every every crack. Hmm, okay. There's a oh. lot of prize plots out there right now. I, don't, I, I only ever see one. There's aftermath yeah, and aftermath. I'm not, like, I'm not seeing much. But um, I've seen so the there's that burst daily with lions, I suppose. But yep, I've been seeing that. I've been seeing Lost Message. Huh. And uh, I guess message. for every Lannister deck, I haven't seen Lost Message at all. But for every Lannister deck, um, they get the best aftermath turn if they can find Kyburn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyburn's always sweet. I mean, but he's he's just so great and just. Lanny in any deck, yeah, right, yeah. any Lanny, but especially on an aftermath turn. Holy shit! Like we're down to three, but I have five. Yeah, including deadly and whatever else. Right. Well, uh, we haven't yeah. even talked about Will's deck yet. I mean, Lannister <laughs> is just super deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Go ahead, Will's deck. Do we have Uh-oh. to talk about I mean, Will's deck? I mean, I, I, my number one option did still go to knights. I, I still think <laughs> it's it's pretty versatile. And having that that draw built in there, I think I like better than the Dark Wings because I keep keep my minimum deck size the same, but can strip out some of that extra shaft. There's still a bunch of, of knights that are totally worth playing, especially with the Kingsguard now, Jamie and stuff, reinforcing the draw that do more than just draw, like, mines and such, and still leaves me the room for the consistency with the three Harrys, the three you killed the wrong dwarfs. Well, and you get the guild hall. And the guild hall is so great because of the ability to kneel locations. Yep. That's that's my main push with it is, sure, I'm losing the, the castle in it and such, Preston compensates for that with with a few things, notably uh, with the Guild Hall. But the ability to to kneel out a number of of problem locations in in Lannister, who you know by and large just has to hope that it doesn't hit problem locations, eh, is great. Westerlands is pretty good. Yeah, Westerlands, well, right? But that's that's also a recent addition, and that's sure. also in the Night Stack. Yeah. Well, can I ask you one question? Yeah, what's that? This whole time while you've been talking, have you been making bedroom eyes at your Jon Snow playmat? Or <laughs> is no. that just something you save for the bedroom? He's he's in the playmat stack way over on the other side of the room. Like you can hear yourself drifting fondly to final round top cut games of <laughs> Gen Cons and World's Past. So yeah. I I don't think it's a top deck almost entirely for the current meta, or I don't think it's the top Lancer deck. Because I think uh, Knights is the best deck for another house. And the more Knights there is, like, if Knights is going to see a bunch of play with that other house, and, you know, since we have two left, figure it out. It's not Greyjoy. <laughs> right. It's not? Nope. Yeah, because that would be Greyjoy Knight. <laughs> yeah, Greyjoy is the Knight. But that stupid, uh, that it's so good in Barra right now means that... I I do agree it's it's good and bare. I mean, and we can get deeper into that there, but uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough one in between the two. I really always like that uh, Lanny has enslaved to compensate for some of that the uh, night on night matchup. But what, what Barra, is, Barra what does, does Barra have? have? 
Mel's favor. It does. Oh, yeah, that. But it's not a not a permanent effect. I mean, if they Mel's favor you, they get that character till dominance, and then you get it back for the next draw phase. Yeah, but they're shutting down your military for that entire turn, otherwise your guy's dead. Or they're running it with, with Aftermath, in which case... You're just sad. Well, don't forget, many of your key characters in the Stark, or I'm sorry, in the Landy Knights deck are no attachments. Well, and it's worth the while. Shadow Knights, just the Shadow Knights. Those well, the good I ones. mean, they're the, they're the most <laughs> important ones from what right. I just heard. But that's yeah. what, but that's what Barra's going to have too. Like it's the exact same thing. Well, but they don't have the Hound. They don't have uh, Wilf, who's the who's the newest one. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Do you run Sir Gregor? Uh, Sir Robert Strong. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. He's not the newest one. Yeah, the zero. Oh, yeah, oh, you're gosh. right. Spoiler. No, spoiler. Sorry. Yeah, I I do run the newest one. Uh, and if you play smart with him, he's really good. Just be careful against Martell. He had another version that was like a three cost, and he could defend intrigues while Nalp. Balan Swan. Right? Yeah, that's the guy. There we go. Yeah. So, but let's also remember, like the enslaved will impact that draw phase. Decision. The Mel's favor never will. Like you right. take him after draw and you yep. get him. So in the night on night, we, like it comes down to who's hitting their agenda. And I feel I would rather have the enslaved than the Mel's because the Mel's it's like fine. Like I'll sit and not do military because I'm gonna outdraw you three to one next turn. Like yeah, I'd, I'd rather honestly at that point, I'd probably rather just sit out the whole night battle. Well, and and between the two houses, if you're down on the night battle, which of the two would you rather be? Which one has the better option to try to compensate? I would say it's Lanny. Sure, but Barra also has the discard stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, there's just one stupid trick in Barra that's been like winning games left and right for me. Um, two seven one, which the name of which I never bothered to learn because I just called two seven one for double Dale. Oh, um, called court. court. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, huh. Mel's favor and a bright water man in arms and smile. Yep, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Or just whatever you need, and it's just like, hmm. I just like, especially if you're running summer, but he really just with um all the burst economy Barra has at that point, you're playing. You basically got two Mel's favor turns, Mel's uh, scheme turns, and that's just bonkers. Why are we talking about Barra? Let's move on. I don't. I don't know. I was gonna say, did anybody have anything, Lanny, that we didn't touch on? <laughs> yeah, no agenda. That's what I said. Oh, did we? No, I thought you talked about the Mander. That was my second option. No yeah. Agenda was my first, and HOD Mander is my second. Yeah, No Agenda's nasty. Let's just call it the Alvaro. <laughs> For some reason, it sounds like a haircut to me. I don't really know why. I'll never play it, because I can't be as good as good with it as Alvaro is, and that makes me sad. Like, All right, so yeah. Lannister's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none, none of the above, I think, are bad decks. <laughs> so. No, unlike... Uh, well, I don't think we're talking about bad decks in any house, but I think all of those Lannister decks are competitors for the best deck in the meta. And I don't think oh, that's yeah. true of like every, yeah. any other house. I think Lannister's probably the strongest house top to bottom. I, think well, I don't think it's even agree. close. Uh, I think it's telling that so much of the best other stuff is Conquest to Lannister. <laughs> yeah, for the draw. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, I guess that sends us on to uh, the big G... Greyjoy, then, eh? I've got Live 2. There's other boat stuff that might be as good, like, but it also eats a part of your soul. So, I think Live 2 is absolutely T1, can absolutely beat anything, and is really good against Lannister. Um, especially if you go cancel heavy with Live 2. So, I mean, I'm a really big Live 2 fan. 
I've got it in my number two spot. It's the the tempo options there are still super strong in the psychological game. Like it it's one that just throws like medium level players and lower level players like just through fits it trying throws, to figure stuff out. If you get the right player, like I played Alex Hines with that deck. Like if a really top level player plays it, there's there's no easy answer to when that shit's gonna explode in your face. Yeah. And and um odds are the better players are running a couple ways to recur it and an awful lot of cancel. And like when they're running cancel and they're like, Well, I'm at this huge advantage and all your comeback stuff I can blow up or just not let happen. It's a big deal. Huge. Alright, go ahead, talk about the old way, because you have no soul. <laughs> I mean, the, the old way and HOD Maiden's Bane are tied for my top. I think they're both awesome and both awful. Now, the old way you're thinking of, I'm I'm just curious. Is that the the kind of character light direction, or is that a Bane? It's Bane. Okay. Bane. All right. Yeah. Okay, because that's that's what I had down for my top one as well. I, for similar reasons to to Siege, to where the unprepared decks it can just really hammer because it plays out a little differently. But it's, I think, much more resilient to the ebb and flow of the meta because you have to prepare more specifically for it. Well, and even if you're rocking answers for Maiden's Bane, you still have options to recur it. I mean, yeah. you're going to be playing Iron Lore. Yeah. Yeah, you are. And it just got a bunch of great ways to protect itself through the, the Bluebirds and a second search plot to go get it. Uh, no doubt. Did I just say Rally Cry earlier? No? You did. You did. Uh, man, the the version of the old way that I was seeing, though, um, is not not low on cards at command. I'd have yeah, to re- exactly. really count up how that goes. Uh, it's, ra- it's tough. You rally cry to get rid of old way and then Stark eats you for breakfast. Well, I mean, Stark in general is is going to hammer that for sure. I don't think you're getting old way to go away either. I think you mean to get Maiden's Bane to go away. Yeah, Maiden's. Yeah, if, I mean, if you can get old way to go away, so much the better. But I, I mean, like, what Stark answer now blows up agendas? Which, right. <laughs> There's my champ card. Yeah, Fuck really. your agenda. But like, it's just straight up. Um, Utterly fantastic what um Stark does to the old way style decks. Like if you're confident that you're not gonna see a Stark heavy meta, the old way or HOD Bane or whatever are just like unbeatable beasts or nearly unbeatable beasts. But you run into Lanny that gets uh the Westerlands out before you can find some uh before you can find some newly made lords, or you get a uh, Stark that's running like any of four or five answer plots and you're just dead. Like, you don't win that match at all. Well, and they're also rolling with their Frozen Solids, too. Yeah, yeah. well, they're running Frozen Solids. They're running Mirror to Blank 2 things. Yep. I mean, a, that's a lot of partly Starks. what you've got your newly made lords for. Uh, Knock off your own and bring it back. Sure, but then, like, that's not stopping Mira. No, no, it's not. I mean, like, stop- like I said, Stark is, is the closest thing to just a hard well, counter to that deck. And, and Stark, Stark runs one of, like, at least one of... Rally cry fleeing, um, the 501 help. Burning bridges. bridges. Thank you. And dry season. It runs at least one and usually two of those four. I'd, I'd go towards one, but yeah, I mean, Stark is, is definitely good, but the old way still, it's not gonna face all of its matches against Stark. No, but 
like we're talking about winning major tournaments, right? Like that's the goal. You're you're not going to a regional to be like, I played a fun, I played a deck that ate my soul, and like I finished twelfth or I finished ninth. I don't know. I gather there are definitely players that like playing decks that eat their souls. To get ninth, eh, like I mean, you're, just to enjoy that, having their soul eaten. If you're playing that, you're playing it to like win. And a lot of that depends on how heavy Stark is. And I think because of the prevalence of Sam, that Stark is a really, really powerful player right now. And that, like, it's still my second best Greyjoy deck, because I don't think there's a better second best Greyjoy deck. Uh, the old way, because, like, Bane can be a little bit slow. Uh, the HOD Bane can be a little bit slower. And because it can be a little bit slower, it has other decks that, like, the um, old way beat have more of a chance against it. I would say that's right. And I think that um, the Stark beats either. So, like, I'd rather have the old way in that case and just beat the hell out of everything else. But, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, Live 2 doesn't beat either of these two decks, but I think Live 2 can beat Stark, and those can. Stark doesn't like playing from behind. I will offer up I... two decks that are none of these. First will be Greyjoy Winter, because it's been far too long... I just hate the thought... Wait, King's that, Up? Uh, yeah. I just hate... Maybe... Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I just hate the thought that Choke is gonna go the whole way since the first cycle before we had a core set and never has Choke won one of the big ones. Good, it shouldn't. It's a terrible deck. Like, oh, you're, you're, I, saying my, you're saying my opponent can't play for a day. Like, why would we want that to win? Because (laughs) I just, I want it so good. And it's the one place those birds belong. It's their home. That, and I think heron hauling a sea is hilarious. (laughs) And I want to do it. You play it. I hate that thing. So, I'm going to do that. Um, I don't know at what yet. Maybe WillyCon. Maybe I'll go to the most fun tournament in all the world and take the least fun deck I can think of. There you go. Um, Or... I will say, once again, Dark Wings, Dark Words, because Greyjoy sucks at draw and has some pretty decent events. I do have to admit, I, I did consider that for Greyjoy. I don't think it's particularly good without Rivers. I think it's pretty good. I like it. What do you run? Mine, the, my, the problem with mine is I need to work on the economy base some more, because it's a little weak and I don't get to put out as many dudes as I'd like right now with Lanny being so prevalent. The problem is I normally only have like three or four dudes on the board, and that's not a high enough number for Lannister to get flustered. What are you res- What are you running restricted? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have one in there right now. Oh, well, that's always no. a good way to win. <laughs> not every deck needs a restricted card. No, you're wrong. <laughs> like, every top deck... If you don't have a restricted card at this point in the game, you're doing something wrong. I don't know. Bruno, if you're listening, How are you I challenge you to win a regional without a restricted card. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the Fury in there. I forgot. That's not See, one of the ones off the list. See, but like... Oh, there you go. Eh, eh, to the Fury, because why do you run the Fury most of the time? Oh, I just run it because it's 571. I guess you're running Maze. Stark counter? Yeah, it's an okay yeah. Stark counter. Like, there's no guarantee you're winning that military against Stark. No, definitely not, but I mean, but if you got no have... restricted card. Yeah, at that point I'd run the 4-5 one. The search and detain? Yeah. That's a pretty good idea. Maybe I'll stick that in. Yeah, it's not bad. Like, 5-7-1, your restricted is really to be a Kraken. And if you're running one to be a Kraken, what the hell? 
Exactly. Well, and Stark is gonna just pound that match up in the ass anyway. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So you might not save you. Four or five one at least gives you a shot against like any HOD stuff you run into. Those saves can prove very uh, troublesome for Stark. Smart yeah. cliffs and some iron mines can which, really. Which is why no agenda is the best Stark. Because you go get your answer to the saves, and there's great you can do about it. I kill a lot of dudes with it. You just go get either Brienne or you go get Mira, and you just like whichever one you didn't see, and you just kind of go saves. What saves? It'll be interesting. Yeah, you're certainly not going to be counting on your risen from the sea. (laughs) Yeah, you're one risen from the sea. One. I got the Buffy Iron locations in there. And I got some dudes. It's alright. Yes, some dudes dudes help. If Lannister could get off a tie horse, it would be a much better guy. (laughs) Unfortunately, everyone has that goddamn house all up in their junk. So, here we are. That's true. What what just hard counters Martell Venomous? What? What hard counters? Like, every house does not have something that just beats them. Because I don't think anything hard counters is the better Lannister. Well, hey, Martell Venomous counters most of the better Lannister stuff. Yeah, like, but you're still seeing a ton of Laney. Yeah, but I mean, what? It's by far and away that soup du jour right now. Yeah, but nothing hard counters Quint. I I understand like, that. I think Stark Winter is pretty good against it. Not, you're not, not hearing three shit tons of words that are leaving my mouth. <laughs> not saying that it's the best. I'm not saying it should be. I'm just saying yeah. you're seeing a lot of Lannister. And yeah. Lannister eats my Greyjoy deck for breakfast. Or lunch, or dinner, or brunch, or supper. The point is, so midnight until snack. the lady goes away, no, it's more gruesome than a midnight snack. Mm. That's just shameful and just as dirty. Like if you get caught midnight snacking, what if you, you ever had flip over that latest house? Have you ever had a brunch that you would qualify as gruesome? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you can eat waffles, um, beer mosos. <laughs> I've had some things that are pretty shameful at a brunch. Those qualify. I'm not always proud of the way I eat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Alright, so Lannister generally beats Greyjoy, except for the ship stuff and maybe Liv 2. I really like Liv 2 a lot. So I think that's why those are the top decks. Like, because they're the ones Lannister doesn't eat. Lannister is everywhere. Yep. Yeah, the more we've done this, like, as we've gone through our best decks, mm-hmm. more and more I'm thinking that Quentin is the best deck. Interesting. It's uh, it's the most rounded. It has and far less... To- it doesn't have a lot that digs it over. It doesn't have a lot it has to worry about across the table. It just kind of does its thing, regardless of matchup, and that thing is pretty good. Like, if... I don't think you playing Quentin deck automatically, like, make the finals of a major tournament... But I think if you and four buddies all play Quentin decks, you have an inordinate chance of winning that tournament. As long as, you know, they're all good players. And sober. Eh, sober's overrated. No, no, no. Alright, go. Barra, I've got, I already said mine, because I don't know how to wait my turn. Go. Yeah, boy, Mike's we've spent so much time talking about him. Uh, noble Cause. Something really rushy. Maybe Aloof and Apart. Aloof and Apart's also pretty good. Aloof's got some options. I actually went with Summer and Knights myself. <sighs> That was my original first, but, like, all I'm seeing everywhere on Octagon is winter. I have Maesters and Knights. Yeah, I thought about Maesters and had it down and then deleted it once I thought about just 
how badly that deck can get screwed over by the bird. I, I think it gets screwed harder than some of the other Maester builds. I agree. Um, I mean, there's seasons everywhere. So, yeah. My second Barra deck is weird. It's the Stewards. Yeah. Really Ooh, good. I'm playing it. I'm playing it everywhere on Octagon. I just won my Octagon game with it, and none, like, literally, there's, like, eight combos in that deck. Not one of them went off, and I still won. Like, it just, it's grindy, and, like, it feels like the kind of deck that shouldn't win games, but then consistently you're just like, well, shit, I've now got 17 power. Can we stop playing now? Fishing cards are good. Yeah, and that, um, the basically, the two mill scheme terms, the one based off the uh, call to court with the 271 are just... I run Summer out of it. Like, Summer is just for extra draw, so I don't usually even bother with it until, like, turn three or four. So, oh no, your Winter doesn't bother me. Like, by the time that you've got... By the time you've played Winter, I'm already moved on, you know? Yeah. It's, Emotionally. Yeah. I mean, like, this, um, the, the Sam answers out of Martell and Stark are going to be a problem. But until that becomes prevalent, the Stewards is great. Uh, for those of you who don't know, by the way, the Stewards is that one-cost location that gives plus two strength and Night's Watch straight. Mm-hmm. Then you use Brightwater Man-at-Arms a bunch, and the Never Kneels Knight of Flowers a bunch, and you win a bunch of challenges. And Stannis is stupid good when he has the Intrigue icon, too. Yes, but he yeah. needs, he cannot get it from the location. He nope. needs to get it from First Ranger. First Ranger. And then he stands all your other Night's Watch guys. Which is yep. Yep. Uh, by the way, Tommy, you were totally right. I changed to your Sandy event. I, uh-huh. Lannister, like, Lannister, like, it was good against everything else, but Lannister kept eating me. Yep. It fixes it. Yeah. Um, the Stan... Force March. Force March. Yeah. I don't actually know the names of things, I just know what they do. You just vaguely remember the art. Mm-hmm. Not even, play. I'm playing on Octagon, there's no art for that. Oh, yeah. I don't play tons of Baratheon, but if I'm building a Baratheon deck... Force marches in it. Yeah. Right. Force march and fiery kiss are the only very thin events worthwhile, which is why I'm always amazed that the Dark Wings did so well. Those are the events I play out of it. Yeah. I mean, like, Barrage just has bad events. They have the worst events in the game. Well, hold on a second. They don't have a lot of good ones, but the ones that they have are really good. Fiery kiss is ridiculous. Yeah. Fiery but kiss like, is good. But there's events of that quality in every other house, and they're usually better. It is kind of nice not having to run a lot of events, though. I mean, your that setup's going to inherently be better. That is true. Yeah. It's really nice. And that is an event that can be set up. And Mel's, Mel's Favor is basically an event, right? Yeah. Like, pay three gold, too. That's true. for you. So, like, it's, nine, it's eight or nine event slots. And it's still my least favorite house. I actually really like that Stewards deck a lot. Um, I'll never, I, I, I had another store championship. I'd play it at it. It's not a regional deck, I don't think. But it's really good. It all, it depends how hard and fast the the Stark decks get it together. Yeah, and it, well, it also depends like how much rush you can fit in that I'm not... Mine is grindier. Like, I think a rushier version might be better in the current meta. Yeah, but, yours like, is grindier than mine. Yeah, I like just... Like, oh, I'll slow you down, I'll slow you down, I'll slow you down, and then eventually I just have 17 and no one has any idea how because I've been losing all game. Aaron, would you say that you see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind? <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong. You are musical today, Kyle. It's a good song. I haven't thought of it in a little while.
Drops and props. Let's do it. Uh, I'll prop the ending to The Walking Dead. Thought this season had a solid ending. There, I'll just write us right back on to normal mainstream things. Yeah, you know, I I haven't been keeping up with The Walking Dead, so I can't really comment on that one, unfortunately. I've had the whole week off, so I got to binge a little bit. Uh, and the show got weird for a while. Like, I took two seasons off and just read what happened on Wiki. Um, I'm gonna need to do that. Yeah. But this season was good. This season was very good. The last couple have been a little weird. This one was good. Um. Community being back has been phenomenal. I cannot prop it enough. Like the all four episodes, I think have been super solid. Some Wait, of the best stuff. Do you have, to, do you have to pay for that, or is that free? No, oh, it's totally free. Um, it's kind of like Hulu, where like every, I think there's three built-in commercial breaks. You watch like one commercial, and then you're you keep going. Okay, fine. But gotcha. yeah, it's nothing. It's not bad. Totally. Yahoo Screen, all four are up there. They launch a new one every Tuesday. I know. But they're all. They're hilarious. They're super good. So I'll go watch the Boondocks, and you guys go watch Community. Deal. Everyone happy. Uh, I had a prop, and then I got really excited about Community, and it's gone. <laughs> Someone else can go. I, can I pre-prop uh, Daredevil from Netflix? I'm so excited. I think it's I think it's gonna be pretty good. Early reviews I've read so far all say it's pretty rocking. So looking forward to it. Chris and I are planning on binge-watching the hell out of that. Hell yeah. Oh, oh, I want to prop Leverage. Has anyone watched Leverage? Um, You know, I never have. I hear it's a good show, though. It's it's really good. Like, it's not great. It all follows the same formula, but the formula is entertaining. It's like a, it's like a team of um four thieves and one good guy who's like a master planner taking down corrupt uh, politicians and corporations and such as revenge. Mm. Gotcha. It's really fun. Like, it's well-written. Um, the guy who launched the new Blue Beetle a few years ago is one of the co-creators. Um, this huh. other podcast I like called Rachel Miles Explained X-Men, which also gets props. Thanks, Roy. Huh. Um, yeah, it's they mentioned it, and I was like, eh. So I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I was like, wait, John Rogers? And then, so I started watching. I watched, like, four or five episodes. It's really good. Try I'm going to prop that I opened my window and it was 40 degrees out and the sun's down. Hmm. That's really nice that from here on out, 40 plus degree lows. It's amazing that we finally made it. I drove with the top down on my Mustang today. It was so beautiful, guys. So beautiful. You've got a Mustang. There you go. You don't need an hour and 10 minutes to get to work. Before, oh, we don't take my car. We're carpooling oh, okay. in her Volkswagen Passat. We... The saying is, uh, not made. Not, or, not a carpooling vehicle? Yeah. No. She's very loud on the highway. Lets the tops down, and she's super loud on the highway. So, I'm gonna prop Hot Pot. You guys ever try Hot Pot? Nope. Uh, yes. Awesome. Love you, Kyle. Alright. Hot Pot is basically, um, a Chinese restaurant where You've got a bunch of different recipes that they basically give you boiling water full of that recipe in front of you. They give you two at a time. And you order basically all you can eat meat and veggies and everything, seafood, everything else you can think of. And you drop it in the boiling spiced water. Huh. And then you pull it out and it tastes like it. And it's all you can eat and BYOB and all you can drink. And it's gluttonous and phenomenal. Cool. That sounds kind of cool. cool. If you come to New York, we'll do it. 
All right, all right. To, uh, it's see like I, if fondue you know? and Brazilian barbecue had a baby. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Asian okay. baby. Asian baby. They adopted. It's going to go to Stanford on a scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's so good, and it's so much fun. May not and have to just... go on a scholarship. Didn't Stanford just uh, drop tuition for folks making for folks whose parents made less than a hundred twenty five thousand a year? Listen, okay, it's Brazilian barbecue and fondue. Both those things are highly successful. Yeah, they have lots of there's, money. <laughs> there's no way they hit that threshold. And what Asian kid did not go to Stanford on a scholarship? At that point, it's just write a passage. Oh, that was horribly racist. Tommy, prop your thing. Oh, yeah, Sentinels. You called it. It's awesome. Super fun. Who'd you play as? Tell our listeners. I played as as Ra. Ra's good. Nice. Straightforward. Does a lot of damage. Makes things explode. He's actually really good um, on the online app Plague Rat's about to come out. And he's got a ridiculous combo that means Plague Rat can't hurt you. Oh, nice. Plague Rat makes you hurt yourself when you're infected. So you make everything fire damage, and then you spend all your turns with Ra making everyone immune to fire damage. Uh, Makes sense. And you're just like, no, you can infect us all you want. We're going to ignore you and punch you in the face. Gotcha. I've never actually uh, played against Plague Rat before. Oh, why? What are you doing with your life? I just haven't had time to make it through every single uh, villain so far. Stop playing so much Thrones, start playing more Sentinels. Yeah. It's only so much time for all the games I would love to play. Eh, my cat keeps eating my sentinels when I try and play, so I need a group. I can't solo play anymore. <laughs> that way there's more people to shoo the cat away. Exactly. Like, I don't have to mind everyone's cards and tokens. Wait, you would play sentinels by yourself? Hell yeah, I've played solo sentinels. Like, yeah. the, the, Bye, app, the, app is, the app is only solo Sentinels, so, like, yeah. I got used to it on there, and I was just like, all right, well, I can do this without it. I've got the app that keeps track of hit points and everything, so all I've got really on the table is cards and then, like, counters for shit, like, if I'm playing Absolute Zero, it's set back to somebody. All right, I'm trying solo, and I'll let you know how it is. Uh, go slow and pick, like, one di- one compl- complexity villains at first, and it's not bad. Or plan, um... An iPad or Android device. Just spend the ten bucks on the app. It might be worth it. It's so great. I need more storage. I really like it. Absolute Zero. You might I, be my favorite. I've never really dug Absolute Zero. Uh, I'm not a fan. You don't have the vision, villains. Will. There's too many villains that ruin his day. He really has to have that equipment in play, or uh, he's the just other not going anywhere. The other Absolute Zero is really good, though. The, um... The Freedom Six, the future Absolute Zero, Freedom Six Absolute Zero, that yeah. just, his powers just do two damage. Like suddenly, he's way better than he has any right to be. He's better than the old one. I mean, he's no, he's no uh, future Tachyon though. Well, future Tachyon's one of the better cards in the game. Like she just, her powers just let everyone draw a card. Yeah, and she, she has a million ways to play him. It's stupid. She she's insane. She's honestly probably kind of broken. Yeah, there's like six cheat code heroes that I just yeah. don't play unless the villains beat me first. Yeah. Like Scholar, Nightmist, her, um, Grandpa Legacy. Oh, the greatest legacy? I love yeah. him. He's broken. <laughs> he's he's more interesting to play than uh, regular legacy. 
The team leader characters are really useful, but less fun if you are actually playing that character. I have a friend that loves... Oh. Hello? Yeah, hello? Yep, we're here. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I I heard... No, 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 no. I... Well, I guess I must have dropped out, but it sounded like Aaron just dropped out mid-sentence on my end, so... Let's re-say it. Um, I have a friend that loves playing Core Legacy, but, like, in D&D, he loves playing the Paladin. I feel like that's your baseline for playing Legacy. If you like Paladins in D&D, you'll like Legacy. Yeah. Yeah, fairly reasonable. Depending. I don't know. Some of the... Some of the Paladin builds can be pretty pretty smashy. I mean, so can Young Legacy. So can Young Legacy. Young Legacy oh, yeah. does some of the best damage in the game. Yeah, yeah. It just depends on which version of Legacy you're playing. Mm-hmm. And... If you get the ring and what combo powers, there's no one way to play anyone. Yeah, I do like that. That within each deck there is a lot of versatility, and like, and the villain you're playing against and the heroes that you're playing with just draws out so many different aspects. I mean, Danny took oh balls. Who was she playing as? Someone I'm trying to into like the equivalent of like a Dex tank, where she had lowest HP but could always reduce it by two, so she essentially just, like, became our beard, low-HP tank. And, Sounds like yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Like, it just does weird things that, like, this isn't how I was envisioning playing, this is what I was gonna do, but this is now what I am gonna do, because it... I, uh, I do that with Visionary a lot. Like, if we're playing an enemy that only hits highest or lowest, I'll, like, get everyone else set up, and then I'll just go into the, um, cocoon... And be like, whatever. So I'm passing turns and drawing a million cards. It's fine. No one else can get hurt. I don't uh, really, really dig Visionary myself, but I'm afraid we're about to just become a uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse that's podcast. What, that's what we should have done for April Fool's Day. Oh, we should have. We could have uh, talked about that forever. The, the last thing I'll say on that is make sure you shuffle all the decks, because getting the Velociraptor pack out of the environment <laughs> deck three times in a row so was dumb. stupid. It's the yeah. worst when you're playing Unity, and you're just like, but I spent all that time getting all these bots together. Ugh. Well, yeah, I just didn't shuffle it, so I just kept, bam, same card, bam, same card. I'm like, I swear, some of these are different and grab baggy. Bam, so after the third one, we're like, how many are in here? And I flip over the deck, and I'm like, I didn't shuffle them. <laughs> They're all still in order. Yeah, just table shuffle, honestly. Like, especially for the environment and villain decks, table shuffle. I just didn't think about it. We were uh, pretty drunk at that point. And I was like, blah, 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 and I yeah, slapped well, it down. and I We were at almost eight hours at it at that point. Played, My first yeah, beer was looking at 2.35. If you played about that. Eight hours? No, like, of drinking. You've been drinking for eight hours. Oh, that's just... Like I said, first beer cracked open at 2.30, and we didn't start playing, I think, until like 10. And then we played that, and then it was Rock Band until 2.40. Played Rock Band. Yep. Remember when R. Kelly wasn't peeing on people? No. No. (laughs) 
Um, there's been rumors since like the mid nineties, cause I grew up in like a semi-urban setting. So there's been rumors since at least the mid nineties that he's been like fucking 12 and 14 year olds. Well, it, you don't just start. News. Yeah, you don't just start peeing on people. <laughs> peeing on kids. Peeing on kids. Yeah. Like, it, like if you're peeing on adults, I'm not thrilled, but like, more power to you. Don't pee on the 14 year old. Why more power to you? Because like, that's you, you and know, your partner's choice and it's adults. none of my goddamn business. Oh, I see. Like, like what if you were just peeing on people? And be like, hey, don't pee on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you ever? Did you ever see that episode of the Boondocks? Because you should. No, I. I, I need to go back and watch that. And it's on. It's on Netflix. Like that's what you guys should do the second we're done with this podcast. You well, will, I'm gonna go to bed. Me. I could. Um, you're going to bed. Oh, you're going to bed at like eight thirty. I gotta get ready for my Monday from hell. Like, and then it starts and it never stops. <laughs> or for three I'm, months. I'm training my body to get to my summer. It's like the ending to Shawshank Redemption. I'm just, this is my football field worth of shit. And I'm going to crawl through it. <laughs> On the other side, it's fiber internet and a short commute and more square footage. You're going to hate this podcast. Wow. Well, I think if the conversation is turned this way, we might as well just move into props and slops. Robs and props. Let's do it. Yeah, slaps the peeing on people. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, unless you've been stung by a jellyfish. In that case, props. Props to being <laughs> no. an open-minded lover. Yeah, props to peeing on people who want you to pee on them. What if you don't want to pee on them? Shouldn't you well, both if, want to? If, if you're in love Can with somebody you and they want you to pee on them, like, <laughs> my wife's going to listen to this and punch me in the face. But if yeah. my wife was like, pee on me, I'd be like, baby, no. And if she was like, no, really, I need you to, I'd be like, fuck, fine, it's better than force. <laughs> Uh, would you pee on Kristen? This is, this is a dark, dark. <laughs> would you answer the question? You know Will? what? This, this. Would you pee on Kristen? No. Before I, you get married, answer the question. Wait, this is wait. Important. Is would it happening pee before or after said marriage? Does it matter? After. Uh, we'll say after. I we'll think it does we'll matter. Get rid of the yeah. If after it's you get married after. on your wedding night, Kristen's like, oh, <laughs> I didn't say this before. Uh, I'm going to need you to pee on me every so often. What? It has to be the wedding night. <laughs> I think at that point, you don't have any choice. you you got to go along with that. See? Now, would you smile through it? Would you be enthusiastic? You're standing above her midstream. Talk us through it, Will. And now Will's getting punched in the face, too. Oh, wow. This is becoming the Easter egg. <laughs> nope. This needs to go on the main cast. Main cast. Uh, tell everybody, just go check out the Easter egg. There you go. So what are you thinking, Will? Midstream, your yellow waterfall is splashing upon your new wife. Oh, my God, no. We're moving comic. on. Stop yeah. it. We're so moving on. It's getting way too detailed. All we've had, of, all we've, take, we've taken all we can. So bad. Uh, Danny's dying. This is awesome. This is why we're married. Because my <laughs> wife's in tears. <laughs> She's probably texting Kristen right now. I'm so sorry. And then Will's going to turn around and get punched. Almost certainly. Oh, I love it. Oh, that was so weird. <laughs> all right. So, other 